podcast is part of the Pod Syndicate family. For more criminally compelling shows, articles, and conversations, head to wearepodsyndicate.com. I'm just looking at you lovingly. Aww, uh, <laughs> I am one of your co-hosts, Mark Foster, and as ever, I am joined by... Becky Foster, hello everyone. And I am joined by... Meow! <laughs> and, as of course, it is, it's a Star Wars episode. We are joined by our Star Wars correspondent. Greetings, this is Steve the Ginger Prince. Nice to speak with you all again. Uh, so yeah, it, it, it's it's Star Wars. I keep getting this the wrong way around. It's Star Wars: The Rise of Skywalker. I keep forgetting which. I know it's Skywalker, but I keep forgetting the other bits of it. I, I thought it was Star Wars: The Meows of Skywalker today. <laughs> <laughs> now that would be a film. <laughs> it, it, it would be a better film than another film we're going to talk about. Uh, and we've also got uh, finally Ian gets to chat and see cats. The movie that literally everybody is talking about, in spite of the fact that there is a Star Wars movie out. The movie that has already had VFX work done to it, and it only came out last week. Yes, which which makes um, Tom Hooper's comments of, "Ah, oh, yeah, I only finished I only finished it last night after 36 hours uh, in the editing room," makes him seem a little bit like, well. Maybe you should have spent 37 or 38 hours in there and have realised all of the fucking mistakes in it, you horrible hack. Yeah. Yeah. Are, are, are we just doing it? Are we, are okay, we just, yeah. Are, Do you know what? It's Christmas. Let's bundle in like motherfuckers into cats like all of these studio execs who just went, there you fucking go. Have some money, Tom. <laughs> uh, so Cats is directed by... Uh, a waxwork of James Cameron come to life and being given a box set of some DVDs from probably a garage or something like that. He's lost the fisheye lens, though. That's something. He has lost the fisheye lens, yes. Uh, one of the cats probably ate it. Boom! <laughs> <laughs> That's pretty good. Don't expect to get any better, people. Yeah. pretty good. Uh, it is based... That joke was more entertaining than cats. Yes. It's based on the musical Cats um, by Andrew Lloyd Webber, a gargoyle come to life to poison areas. Um, and it stars James Corden, Judy Dench, Jason Derulo. Yeah. Uh, Meow! 
can I, can I point out something, the Jason Derulo thing? So we were around at a, a, a mild tangent here uh, within the introduction of the movie. We were around at a friend's house having uh, dinner uh, about, about two months ago, wasn't it? Yeah. Yeah. And we, so we mentioned Jason Derulo for some reason it came up. Yeah. And I said that I can't stand Jason Derulo because he always sings his own name in his songs. And I despise musicians that sing their own names in their songs. My friend then commented uh, and said, I-, I bet there's a YouTube video of just Jason Derulo singing his own name. So we did, didn't we? we? We had a look to see if there was. Half thinking that there wouldn't be. There is, isn't there? It's like an hour long. I can't find it. Of Jason yeah. Derulo just singing his own name. Uh, it's also got Jennifer Hudson, Ian McKellen, Taylor Swift and her cat tits. Uh, and Rebel Wilson and a bunch of people who can actually dance and maybe sing. Um it's cats. What's it about? Uh, a lot of cats want to go to the Jellicoe Ball. No one really knows what the fuck the Jellicoe Ball is, but apparently it makes you go to the... What is it? Heavy side. The heavy side. I know they said the sunken place, but that's from Get Out. But at least that makes fucking sense. The Jellicoe Choice goes to the heavy side layer, which is basically dies. Yeah, it does seem that way, doesn't it? Yeah. It, it, it's essentially Britain's Got Talent and the winner gets to go in a hot air balloon to death. <laughs> but that's it. I mean, and and I, I, mean, I, I don't know whether the other two have disappeared. Mark Becky. Oh, hello. Oh, there we go. Yeah. So they, they it's basically Britain's Got Talent. Oh, hello. Oh, this is killing me. I've never needed to review a fucking film more. Come on. Mark, Becky, where are you? Steve, are you still there? I'm, I'm still here. Yeah. Okay, cool. Um, oh. Up at the moment. Fucking shite. Oh, there he goes. Yeah. Uh, I... I Mark, we just heard you hear, heard you say fucking shite. Oh, it's no. <laughs> apparently my 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 la- laptop is currently set on the internet, but then I am connected to the internet. Okay, I think you're back now. Okay, cool. Um, anyway. Don't worry, we're back now. And also, I will, I, I will say, uh, Nick, one of the other managers in my area, has started listening to the show, and he's, um, he's been very complimentary about it. So, uh, thank you, sir. Um, yeah. He suggest, he suggested that we start um, a new rating system about how many um, bastards there are in the film, and the more bastards there are, the better the film is. Um, I like, I like our rating system, but I do like that, and maybe, maybe we'll find a. A, a piece for that somewhere maybe, um, maybe not a rating system maybe just a bastard count a bastardometer yeah yeah oh um, a bastometer in each in each, in each film yeah? <laughs> yeah, yeah yeah it's a good idea so ian you were very excited for cats it's, it's fair to say weren't you yeah i mean i got into a position where i accidentally whatsapped my manager saying in all caps new cats trailer let's fucking go <laughs> um and uh that that basically proceeded to 
me every day for the last like week or so giving a countdown to cats in our managers meetings in the morning um i managed to get out of work early on friday said to my manager is there any chance i can go at three and she was like have you got anything urgent on or any meetings i was like no 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 and and she was and i was like i don't have to go and then she just looked at me and just went it's for fucking cats isn't it um and i was just like yeah and and uh, uh, good on her m is a fucking sport she was just like yeah all right fuck fucking hell go on then basically so uh off i went with my four pack of beer into the cinema i I think i was the only person drinking booze in there um weirdly i kind of wonder whether the atmosphere might have been a bit more party like if i went for a, a later showing than 10 past three but anyway Cats is an acid trip that you get bored by. (laughs) And it's full of what the fuck. Like the opening minute or two of this film, when the music is just sounding like daggers through your skull, and you're just trying to acclimatise yourself to this stage-bound, like neon light driven set and then there's a cat in a bag and then loads of other cats are prowling around it and then there is the first cat you see who kind of like is one of the main cats even though i don't know who the actor is his face is fucking terrifying (laughs) like he look he looks like he should be a bad cat but he's not but he's really creepy and then they're all, I, I, it just felt like a bunch of drama school students. Like, I haven't seen Climax yet, but I would imagine Cats is what Climax would be if it was based on a drama school in the home counties. Yeah. And I... It's the cats are all really horny. Um, Francesca Haywood is a great dancer and does a very good facial expression of looking like she wants to get her ass pounded the fuck out of. Um, I, I, I mean, Mr. Mistopheles, I'm not entirely sure about his sexuality whatsoever, but good on him. Don't think he is either, to be fair. Is what? Sorry. I don't think he's entirely sure about his no. life. I, 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 I think he pretty much knows that he doesn't like girl cats. But but then Victoria comes along and confuses matters. That's that's the thing. Um, and I ah, uh, there's so many decisions in this film that are wrong. But the biggest decision of it being wrong is greenlighting this film. Um. And every single other decision just goes down. It's weird. Every single other decision goes down an obvious path of making the worst possible choice at virtually every single moment. But when it's entertaining, it is fucking entertaining. Not in the way that's intended in the slightest, but Idris Elba's habit of disappearing into a cloud of sparkles going, Meow! brilliant when he then does it going macavity 
brilliant. You know, like if Jason Derulo could have done that, like if he if he was if his character could have disappeared into Sparkles, you know he would have disappeared saying saying Jason Derulo and not Rum Tongue Tugger. <laughs> yeah. Um, I mean, I'll, I'll I'll turn it over to you guys, but I just. I got everything out of it that I thought I was going to get, but I was also bored for large stretches. Just, it is the most what the fuck hubristic fucking like insanely overconfident production there might have been this decade. And I mean, if the book that but i mean if you're at all interested it is probably worth a watch even if it's just from a fucking rubbernecking point of view it's it, it's a fucking it's a thing i'll who wants to go next it's yeah from a, a, a morbid curiosity point of view it it's it's an interesting watch but it is like you say it's 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 an arrogant disaster arrogant it's a good word for this sorry Bex. yes <laughs> it's 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 horrifying to look at there's one good song in it oh well i never was there ever uh, a cat I'm as ever is mr ah what song the railway cat one i quite enjoyed that musical number i think the, I fucking, that one was boring as shit to me i almost oh. passed out sorry bex <laughs> that's that's the only one i kind of liked and that's because it was like i liked the the whole tap dancing element of it but it cat had tap shoes a cat had tap shoes i mean mccavity was wearing a hat all the way through it judy then had a fucking wedding ring can, 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 I point, can i point something out the the oddness of the of different cats wearing different items of clothes. Like some had pants on, some had shoes on, some didn't, some had gloves on, some Rebel had shirts could on. Take her skin off. Rebel Rebel Wilson Wilson could take her skin off. Rebel Wilson could take her skin off. I mean seriously, I what the just... hell? She's Did... wearing a, a a suit of fur, which unzips to reveal a like. A dress which is over fur. Yeah. <laughs> it's it's just it's just a disaster. Even even the simplest job of getting everything to fucking scale was not done right. What size were those fucking cats meant to be? The 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 the, 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 the scaling is, is all over the place. Yeah. Everything around them, we've got to make everything bigger because cats are small. They're not fucking that small. <laughs> I'll tell you what as well was disappointing. I thought for one fleeting moment we were actually going to get Russell Crowe's dogs. Which moment was it at? When the dogs like um, barking at the door and then yeah. they shut the door on it and you just hear it barking. I just, in my mind's eye, I was like, holy fuck, are we actually going to get it? <laughs> um, Taylor Swift was awful. What the fuck was that weird British accent she was doing? That was ridiculous. My cavity wasn't there. All right, Taylor, chill. Um, I just, it was just horrible. But it was everything I expected it would be, which was horrible. So I'm fine with it. I'll never watch it again. But I might do from a curiosity point of view when it's on the sky. Do you know what I'd like? 
Cool. I'd, I'd like to see the just the whole film exactly the same, but without any of the uh, no, without any of the the, the CG on it. Just a work a work print. Yeah. But apparently he didn't use markers on people. No. So you do CG when you do CG yeah. and you do that, you put markers on people so you can check to see what isn't what is it. And he didn't want to because it would waste time. And that's how they've got so many mistakes. It's horrible. The CG is horrible. The fact that they've made clearly the artistic choice to just leave their faces unaltered as just human faces pasted onto fucking cats is weird. At least in the actual musical, they've got makeup on to make them look like cat faces. That's, that's because they can't CG them. Because yes, it, and I it's appreciate a... that. But they but, I mean, makeup on them. Like, sorry. Cats don't have big fucking pouty lips and human noses. I mean, they also don't walk on their hind legs. I mean, they probably not don't. at all of the time. Just don't let's see that. Cats are dickheads. Um, um, I haven't fucking finished I've yet. Got your heart, sorry. <laughs> don't hit me with your heart, bitch. Um, oh, you've, you've derailed me now. Really derailed, Bob. Cats' faces. Cats' faces. Bad CG. No, I've lost what I was going to where I was going. Thanks for that. You were talking about the cat's faces. Yeah, but I was going somewhere else with it. He's derailed you. He's Jason Derailer. (laughs) (laughs) Oh, yeah. (laughs) I I could quite happily go the rest of my life without seeing Judy Dench looking fucking thirsty over Ian McKellen. I did not need to see that. That was grim. What? I put a leg up and stroking her in a thigh. Yeah, yeah. Did not not enjoy (laughs) Oh, gross. Oh, it's disgusting. Um, just just the sight of Ian McKellen cleaning himself and just going, meow. Yeah, like, it, it, it's... Uh, I mean, the thing what's, is, cats are pretty fucking on. weird. They behave in weird ways. They move in weird ways. Making people act like cats is always going to look weird. The amount of fucking face rubbing, that, that was that was weird. Yeah, just, yeah. I, I don't see who how this got made. Francesca, we, we, we know you're one of the, the, the most sought-after ballerinas in the world. Yeah. Um, Judy, we know that you're a dame and that you, you, you considered like you considered to be like, like a, a, a stalwart of, of British cinema. Right. What we want you to do is, Francesca, we want you to rub your face against her. <laughs> so, what? Yeah. Sit on this big fucking lion and rub your face against her. All right. Oh, it's just such a fucking disaster. It's horrible. Um, right. You done? One last thing. Go on. You're making a musical that's got barely any plot to it. A musical that requires very little actual acting. Pick people who can fucking sing. Don't get Ray Winston or Idris Elba or Judy Dench. None of them can sing. Leading in to, 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 to my bit on it, my and we'll get more into it, but my initial thoughts is, for a start off, Cats is a shitty musical. Yeah, it's not right. Right? No one can deny that. Cats is a shitty musical that everybody goes to to look at how shit it is, knowing that they can go and they can go, this is mental, what the fuck is going on? But at least they have the joy of Elaine Page, walks out, belts out memories, and everybody can go home happy. Because... It's a shitty musical with one absolute belter of a fucking song, right? So if you're going to make Cats the musical, right, and you're going to make that into a film, 
the very fucking least you need to do is nail absolutely 100% memories. If the actress who is playing Grizz Orella, or whatever Grisabella. it is, Grizabella, batshit name. Um, oh, yeah, because Ron Suntugger makes all the sense in the world, Mark. It just makes him sound like a drunk masturbator. Um, well, he is Jason Derulo. Which, yeah, yeah, fair enough. Um, so, if you do that, if, if the actress who is playing that character and singing memories doesn't get nominated for an Academy Award just for doing a belting version of memories, then you have fucked up. And Jennifer Hudson despite being a terrible person, can sing. She can sing. Scouting memories. Right? But it was just terribly done. Why was I watching Jennifer Hudson about to sing memories? And all I'm thinking is, why isn't somebody wiping her nose? <laughs> yeah, what? man. She literally got snot all over her face. There's no reason for her to have snot all over her face. It's just fucking odd. It's weird. And the problem with cats is, it's... I, I don't get the meeting that was there where Tom Hooper came in and went, right, we did Les Mis, we did Les Mis, and it, it was really successful and everybody really liked it, right? Literally everybody has forgotten about it now, but, but it, it did all right. And so I want to do Cats next. How was there not one fucking person in that room who went, no, it's a terrible idea. <laughs> But oh, no, we, we can do it because we can do this, we can do this. It's still going to look weird. No, let's not do it. It's, you've said arrogance, Ian said hubris. I'm just going to go outright fucking stupidity mm. that, that this is. It's, the, the, the amount of talent that's in it is either the acting talent look crap at acting because they're trying to be cats and they're trying to, like, talk sing. The singing talent is crap because who the fuck went, yes, Jason, you can sing really, really well. Because he, he, he genuinely can't sing. Um, Taylor Swift. Oh, I've got Taylor Swift in it. All right. And she's going to write a brand new song with Andrew Lyman for it. Oh, is she? Brilliant. That's going to be amazing. She's not going to sing it, though. Be fine, um, that, that is all right. It, it, right, it's fine. She, she, she should not have sing it. Well, she is. She's going to do a pop version, but over the end credits. All right. But in the film, she's not going to sing it. No. Who's going to sing it? We've got Jennifer Hudson. Is she going to sing it? No. Who's going to sing it? Um, a ballerina's going to sing it. All right. What's Taylor Swift going to sing? Macavity. All right. Fair enough. That's not right one in a British accent. What? <laughs> uh, 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 what? There is not a single right decision made in this movie. Uh, but, 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 the great thing, but the great thing about McCavity is at the same time, her cheeky little helpers are roofing everybody around them. They are literally roofing people. And you watched it going, I mean, I'm getting this is how Andrew and Webber got dates in the 80s. But allegedly... Oh, shit, <laughs> fucking hell, Mark. Yeah, all right. However... I mean, let's just ask Sarah Brightman. Um, but but it, that, it's just fucking weird. It's just, it's just fucking weird. And you're watching it going, you know that Hooper's going, just shake him a little bit more, Taylor. Shake him a little bit more. 
And he was... The reason why it took him so long to edit is because he probably couldn't stop fucking jerking off. It, it, it's not... I'm sorry, I can't agree with you, Ian. At no point is it actually entertaining unless you are watching it going, what? Which you are. But at no point is it ever good for even a fraction of a second. I didn't I, say it was good. I don't, so you, you just mean entertaining as in the... What the fuck is yeah. this? Yeah, I mean, it, it's... It's... For, for me, and I mean, the thing is, the people who are enjoying it, I swear are enjoying it sarcastically. And I... But there's almost like... Some of these videos that have been appearing on Twitter of people singing along and whatnot, there's a weird community in just watching this train wreck, which... In a way, I kind—I I mean, I kind of appreciate, even though I don't think I should. It just—it's laughing at this film, which deserves to be fucking laughed at. It like, just because of I—I I, I just it may it—it's—it's it, it, that fucking mind-blowing gif. I just, I don't under, I mean, I understand why it was greenlit. It's an incredibly successful musical. Of shared upon this um, is that when they released, they didn't release a trailer. They released a featurette. About digital bird technology. Yes. Yeah. Which, which was, which, what they tried to do there was they tried to present it as this fantastic prestige picture this technical achievement when also they've taken this musical that nobody thought could ever get made despite the fact that it's made it exists it has been running for a very very long time uh, and they tried to do that and then when everyone went wow that looks fucking weird they they pivoted nicely and now they are just leaning into the utter fucking shitness of it all but you know that Elba, Taylor Swift, and Tom Hooper didn't have that in mind oh, God, at God. all. At all. I kind of get the feeling that that Jason doesn't care. He's just happy to be on it. Rebel Wilson and James Corden know exactly what kind of I, film I, they're in. I think they I think yeah. they know what is it. Yeah. What what they're what they're in. They're they're like going. Well, do you know what? At least we're in it. If if it goes big, we're in it. If it goes disastrous, do you know what? We're in it. It don't this, matter. Yeah. This, this, um, this, is, this is the thing. It's like Rebel Wilson will be able to dine out on making of stories of this film for years. Idris Elba, give it three months, and if anyone dares mention cats to him, he'll punch them. Yeah, it will be... It, the thing is, what I don't get, it's based on the musical, Right? Which has very little plot. Mm. Um, and this has very little... There's, there's not a lot of um, a, a talking outside of the, the musical numbers. Right? Mm. It, everything seems to have been... The, the, the other little bits, the James Corden bits, the Red Wilson bits, they seem to be improvised because they're very much what that... They're very much that performance shtick. Yeah. yeah. Yeah, yeah. Right. So, what did it actually? What's the? What's the script? It can't have been. It's just. It, the. 
even the little fucking the little punny jokes are just so obvious. There's, there's not a lot of effort gone into certain bits of this, no. and I, I I don't when people say um, about you know oh I don't see for instance people saying about I saw a little bit of it the um, Six Underground. Why are Netflix giving $120 million to Michael Bay when they could be giving $30 million to five people that deserve it? It's like, well, no, right? They're not a Michael fucking charity giving grants. Exactly. Sorry. Well, the bit there is, uh, uh, why? Why? Just why have we... Sp- I don't believe for a second that the budget of this was $95 million either. I think it was fucking more. I, I I I think they would have got some very healthy tax rebates. It's it. I don't. I wonder at which point during production they went shit. Mm. Shit. It's only made about six and a half million, hasn't it? Well, well, so far. Well, it's done. It did. It opened to six and a half million in the US, but it opened to three and a half million in the UK, which would equate to about a thirty-five million dollar opening in the US. So it does it the US and the UK are the only place this is open so far. So I think that in the end of the day, it's gonna do over ten million over here. It will, like with Christmas and New Year, it will. Um midweek grosses for this thing will pardon me, will be great. It's just will anyone outside of the UK actually care? No. That's the thing. The, the, the idea was to put was to get Taylor Swift, and that would get your global audience. Yeah. But the fact that she is, it would seem all but washed her hands of it already and gone. I, you know, the fact that the people who are doing the promotional work for this are Ian McKellen and Judy Dench. Yeah. It, it, it is is telling. You know, they they will have thought what we can have is sat on fucking Graham Norton. We can have Jason Derulo sat next to Taylor Swift with Ian McKellen or Judy Dench there as well. And we can have those three and that'll be what will be pushing it. And Taylor on certain shows will do um, the Beautiful Ghost song. And that that's that's how it'll all go. And it seems like they've all gone, nope, <laughs> I am not giving up my Christmas for this shit. Mm. Uh, and, and it's... It, it, it's alarming because... It just, it all seems so obvious. Tom Hooper's going to make a Cats musical. That's going to be shit. Yeah. <laughs> but, but, he did, I mean, Les Mis, he did a good job with Les Mis. I enjoyed Les Mis. Les Mis, yeah, he did, he did a good job with Les Mis. But, it, it, again, like I say, Les Mis, he's what, seven years old now? And, People just don't really. It, it, it's a bit of a forgotten movie. No, I mean, yeah, that that's totally fair. I mean, it's basically the film where Russell Crowe sounded like a foghorn and Anne Hathaway won an Oscar. That's basically all it's remembered for now. But it's you know, Tom Hooper for the studio was probably a pretty safe bet. You know, I mean, um, King's Speech obviously won best. He fucking won best director of King's Speech the same year the Social Network was in contention, and then he did Les Mis, and that was a success, and it won Oscars, and then he did The Danish Girl, and that um I think that won two Oscars, you know. Mm. So 
like conceptually having Tom Hooper behind this good idea. You know, um, I mean, he did um, the first two episodes of his Dark Materials. That's where he got his fisheye lens like fixation out because holy fucking shit, Tom, calm down. Um, but now now he's done Cats and he's basically gone. I've done musicals before. I can like, let's have a play with the CG. But it's like it, he's not a visually he's a visually interesting filmmaker in, in the fact that he literally look. It literally seems like he's got tunnel vision. And so he wants everybody else to have tunnel vision. But the fact they've had to shoot this in scope is really fucking weird in him out. So he hasn't been able to use his fisheye lens. Um, but he's he's using the CG. He thinks, yeah, I, I can get this going. But his films look like shit. And so a, this kind of looks like shit, too. He's a fucking TV director. And that's not a slight on TV directors. But he's a jobbing TV director that's got a bit lucky. The fact, like, I just personally, I find it hilarious that the guy who basically took Best Director off of David Fincher for the social network at the start of the decade has directed Cats at the end of the decade. That's fucking amazing. And apparently couldn't have happened to a nicer guy. Do you notice? Do you notice how barely anyone returns for his films? That's interesting. And uh, I I have heard several stories from people that have worked with him. <laughs> same. Um, yeah, but I, 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 and for our audience, we're not talking about the same person either. <laughs> no, no, I'm I'm talking about a very specific person. I know you're not talking about that person, so that's come from that 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 stuff from multiple sources by the sounds yeah. of it. But yeah, um, like the, the human face cockroaches, uh, children, mice who Rebel Wilson is literally playing with before eating them. And she um, eats a lot of cockroaches in this. Yes. She does. She's picking up those cockroaches constantly. Um, the fact that the climax of the film, it's got Idris Elba taking Taylor Swift away and going, right, I'm going to get them. And then Taylor Swift doesn't pop up again. And then Idris Elba, the, the climax of this film is Jennifer Hudson going away on a hot air balloon Idris Elba appearing out of nowhere, grabbing onto the end of the hot air balloon and then just falling off it. And getting stuck on a statue. Fuck it. And then you get a five minutes at the end where Judy Dench lectures you about how cats are fucking brilliant and humans are shit. And you must defer to your cats. Yeah, and you must speak to them by their cat name yeah but but, uh, but well, you know how to call him the name at first but by by that point i was watching it just in my head just going end yeah end end should have ended can, can, well do you know what? it should never be made but if it was gonna end if it's gonna start it should have ended when she floated off in the hot air balloon do you know what yeah it, it, it it's one of those films that you're watching going this doesn't make this only makes sense as a to make it as a film if a batshit director directs it. Mm. It doesn't make sense for somebody as boring the pedestrian, watching, yeah, as, yeah. yeah, as yeah, so as, as Tom Hooper. Um, he, I will as, just can I just say during this bit I wanted to kill myself. Yeah, it, it was it was it was horrendous because you're watching it going, 
I know this is the this is where it's going to end. I just don't know how long it's going to take to end because I, that Jellicle Cat song at the beginning seemed to end fifteen times, and every time you thought, right, it, it's ending, we can move on to another one. They just repeat the line Jellicle Cats fifteen times at you. Yeah. It, yeah. Oh, there's so many words in this that aren't even words. Right, this bit. Yeah. This bit, I swear to God, goes on for about ten minutes. Yeah. This music, like, it's just this pummeling your eardrums for ten minutes while Judy Dench is looking on. It's like, it, it is honestly. I, I just like it was like fucking having a, a moment of clarity and just going, where am I? Like, <laughs> we we when we went in, um, we the the girl who scanned our ticket said uh, enjoy your film and we went really it's cats <laughs> and she was probably saying oh, I've seen it and we said oh what's it like and she said no comment. <laughs> I mean, she tried. She tried to tell us. She tried to help us, and we weren't, we weren't helpable. There was no way we weren't going in there. No. <laughs> no. So that's cats. Yeah. Right. Do, right. One question about um, what's it? Um, Ray Winston. Do you think he knows he's in this? No. I don't think he knows he's in there. I think he was. I think he was going in thinking he was doing some more Bet Three Six Five commercials. Yeah, I think he thought this was a Christmas Bet Three Six Five commercial. Yeah. Yeah. Um, I, I, I bet Mrs. Winston takes him in the cinema. He's like, I'm not going to see that. Looks fucking shite. And gets in it and goes, Ah, that makes sense. <laughs> Ray Winstone being a menacing cat going grrr. Um. He wasn't even menacing. When, right. When James Corden is close to being the most entertaining part of your movie. I said this to my parents. Right. right? I was like, he's shitting it. I was like, we still probably more like the best thing in it. The, well, let's be honest. The, the best thing in it is the fact that, like Ian said, Francesca Haywood managed to have a face that says, I want to get fucked now. Throughout the whole fucking thing. Like the Jason Derulo him, bit. Him, her, her. I actually think that Jason Derulo is the only one that she looks at and goes, mm, I don't think I'm going to get fucked by him. I'm going to get fucked by that. I'm going to get fucked by that. I'm going to rub it up against that. I'll try. It, it was it was odd. <laughs> yeah, I mean. I mean, to be fair, her getting with Mr. Mistopheles, I don't know, man. I think she could do better. He looks he looks like he would masturbate over you while you're sleeping, and does Mr. Mistopheles. Like, yeah, he, he yeah. would cry. He would, he would cry. cry. He would cry. That's a full-on cry wank. Yeah. Yeah, yeah, that's a, that, yeah he's a proper cranker, is that one. Um, She would cook all of him within fucking weeks of that relationship. <laughs> yeah. Straight up. She would. Fuck. She Straight on the fucking cat phone. I run Tom Tugger, will you come round and just plow me while fucking Mistopheles watches in a fucking cage? <laughs> You're right. That, she would be in the Gaspinole one. <laughs> I 
watch a Gaspar Noé cut. I'd watch a Gaspar Noé cut. Fuck yeah. Yeah. It's just, I'm just remembering a shot of the creepy one I was talking about from the start. Isn't I can't remember his fucking name. You know the one I'm talking about? Oh, like, yeah. The one who's not, not Mr. Mistopheles, but he kind of leads her around. Yeah. Fuck, there is a shot when he turns around and his face doesn't quite move in time <laughs> with his head. And yeah. it is the... It looks like the CG's been done on a free app. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I'm assuming in this fuck improved visual effects version which is coming out that will be something that gets fixed so we'll never see that again i, 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 I think what's hell. getting fixed is the fact that um one of the things is Judy Dench's hand they've all got normal hands um uh, the, yeah, uh, normal hand with a fucking wedding ring on it's yeah. amazing and, cats can be married too and the what is it um taylor swift's when she taps the um catnip yeah, that's her just a normal hand. Yeah, Isn't there, like, there's um, a sequence, there's a shot where a background dancer isn't in cat CG and has got a hoodie on. Yeah. That is amazing. I want to see that. Find a picture of that for me and send me it. There's a guy in a hoodie. Oh, God. I mean, it's the, just the, the concept of a film getting a day one patch is the funniest fucking thing. I mean, like you know this is i really 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 hope that tom hooper is able to look back at this and go do you know what yeah i done fucked up i really but he i don't think he will you know like i think he like there are certain members of the cast i think will just get pissy whenever you mention cats again and it 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 quite rightly should be embarrassing but i will say that these actors have to have faith in their director that all of this stuff is going to make sense like i just can you imagine some of the on-set stuff of tom hooper giving people direction and then going you want me to do what you know like it's i mean it's it's the film that 2019 deserves. Yeah. Um, it, 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 it is. It's yeah, it absolutely is. It's it's the most cynical piece of shit. Yeah. And yeah, I have had magical Mr. Mistopheles in my head for four days straight. That chorus. Yeah, but a hum a single song from it. Oh, the yeah. chorus of magical Mr. Mistopheles. Come on now. Genuinely, I, I, I just, I just wouldn't. None of it implanted in my brain at all. How did you guys find the opening like stings of the music fucking bewildering as well? The mix is terrible. And yeah, that's also enough. Yes, the center channel, and apparently this is just this is widespread. The center channel is so low in the mix. You yeah. can barely fucking hear what they're saying over the music. Oh, no, you, you can't. It, it, it's a, the, the mix is just, it is it, terrible. It, it does, it, it seems like a production that got out of, got out of their, out of, got completely out of their hands um, and ran away from them. Um, and 
they've gone right we've set this date for it and they've just they've struggled to get to it Steve can I ask upon hearing all of this will you see cats I, I think it was Mark that said uh, I'm not giving up my Christmas for this that's ex- exactly how I feel. I, I would rather, but after listening to you three talk about it, I'm not a musical fan as it stands, but after hearing you three talk about it, I would rather shave my own groin, uh, go go for the snip, and then wear the cone of shame in, instead of watch this film. It, it, I can guarantee you it would be more entertaining. I can't say Rebel Wilson's unzipping her fucking fur. I forgot about that until tonight. That's why I reacted as loudly as I did. The fucking logic behind that. I can't even like. So is is, is it going to be like the new Showgirls? Is it going to be something oh. that that people watch for for entertainment? No, I, I I don't think it will because it doesn't have enough. The, the what the fuck moments or the the sheer ridiculousness of it isn't spread out enough for it to actually uh, to get anything like like Showgirls has Showgirls is is watchable. I, I I genuinely think that on a second viewing of this, it will render it unwatchable. Mm. I I respectfully disagree. I think the Prince Charles will have this on at least once a month within a couple of years. The Prince Charles in London, the rep cinema, they will do late night screenings of this at least once a month. There will be a die hard collective of fans. And I, I, I will say that you know, in quote. You know I'll say to that then. That and I, I, you're probably you're probably right. It'll be the same sort of people who go to fucking screenings of the fucking room. Yeah, yeah. Right? And that is why we end up with with shitty cinema. And it is why certain things... So the same people that go to those are the same people who bitch and moan about Booksmart not getting enough fucking screenings on actual cinemas and shit like that. And the reason is because you champion shite because you think it's fun or it's kitsch or anything like that. And it's all right to like what is perceived as a bad film. I have no problem liking what is perceived as a bad film. You make a a hobby out of it. Yeah, my third favourite movie of the decade is Hot Tub (laughs) Time Machine. Mild spoiler for hour, is it? And I have fucking no shame in saying that at all. I don't like that because it's bad. I like it because it is fucking genius, Right. What I don't like and what I cannot get behind is liking something because it's so bad it's good. No, 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 no. Either own liking something or it's shit. The the ridiculousness of stuff like that just irks the fuck out of me. It does, doesn't it? Yeah, because it falls into a subcategory that is around about the same place as Guilty Pleasure. Don't be fucking guilty about liking something. Mm-hmm. I mean, certain things, maybe. Yeah. But this, yeah, it's it, it's just not very good. If somebody turns around to you and says, oh, I, I, I quite enjoyed it, it's either it is, it's their thing, or it's because, oh, I liked it for this, this, and this, and it just you're just being a contrarian prick. 
I, 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 I think there would be merit in going to see this with a few beers in you and like-minded other people and just subjecting yourself to the fucking madness. It's not mad enough, though. It's but not that, enough. I, I, I agree with that. No, I agree with... I think there are moments... There are sequences where you you could get into that but i granted yeah 100 percent. like i said a lot of it is really boring i like a lot of it mm. but there are moments of just what the fuckery that there is no way on earth i would ever say this is definitely not shit and there is no way i would say this is touching cloth but I am tempted to go Geostorm just because it's a fucking fascinating example of a piece of shit. <laughs> I, 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 I'm going shit because it is it is shit. Yeah. Um, what I will say on, on that is I we we do talk a lot about um, how much film makes box office and things like that uh, because. It, Personally, I think partially because it, it fascinates both me and Ian, the whole mm. mechanics of movies, mm. etc., and things like that. And so we, we do talk about it quite a lot. Um, I, I never like to see a, a film fail, to be honest, at all. You know, it, even if it's a film I don't particularly like, I don't like to see films fail because the thing is, it's not just the cast and the person who's directed the movie. There are thousands of people who work on that movie. And it, it's... It, it barely, you know, it, they're probably still going to be able to get jobs in for that because it, it's, it's a different dynamic for that. But it's just a lot of hard work goes into these things. Yeah. Right. I'm sorry. No, I want this to fail horribly. <laughs> I want this to, to, I want this to fail horribly, not horribly, too horribly that it ends up um, being something that the people come back to in three or four years time and go, well, was it really that bad? Yes. Yes, it was really that bad. Shut up and go away. But I don't want this to have an inkling of success. <laughs> yeah, I mean, that, that, in the end of the day, the people who worked on this film have got paid to work on this. Like the, the jobbers, the ones who are doing the hard work in getting the film together yeah. have been paid for this work. The people who will lose money on this on this film are probably people who are okay to cover those losses and hopefully this will show them that like not all of these fucking cynical ideas will work the two yeah. people who have lost the most money on this movie well exception of the studio mm. are andrew lloyd webber and taylor swift and it's not because of the movie it's because they thought do you know what not the movie they thought we're going to make some sweet as fuck cash on that soundtrack. Yeah. Yeah. And, and, and the thing is, you're not, you're not going to, this soundtrack isn't going to do what, for instance, the Greatest Showman soundtrack did, what the Bohemian Rhapsody soundtrack did, even what the Rocketman soundtrack did, or what the A Star Is Born soundtrack did. They're not going, or um, Guardians of the Galaxy. Yeah. These soundtracks that, that, that became 
as popular as the movie and made an awful lot of money. You know, Lady Gaga has said she made, she made, made a comment about the fact that um, she was paid the most out of any of the actors in A Star Is Born um, for acting in it. And she said, and also, I made a shitload of money off the soundtrack. Um, look, she was meaning it, she was talking about it in a sense of payer quality and things like that, mm. and how comfortable she felt doing it, and how weird it felt the fact that no one made a big deal about the fact that she was the she was the big you know star of the movie, mm. uh, and that it was quite nice the fact that it was recognised that look your name's gonna fucking sell this. Mm. I think that, that's how she was meaning it. The interview wasn't doing a tacky way. Right. It made sense. So yeah, it's shit. Our audience poll, remember it's me who's staying the ship in this one, isn't it? Um, is... Bad steerer. Uh, when you fucking try one day. Ooh, oh, bloody hell, Mark. Uh, I'm just going to warm my hands up on that burn. Go fuck yourself. <laughs> <laughs> Definitely not shit, 0%. Touch and cloth, 0%. Shit, 69%. And Geostorm, 31%. Fair enough. Yeah. So are we to get Steve back in the room now? I, I, before, before we do, um, I want to know how it rates on the bastardometer. Bastardometer. Um, how many I bastards maybe, were in cats? I think there's maybe three bastards in cats. Three. Yeah. No. Nope. I don't think he's that much of a bastard. I just think he's a bit of a dick. I don't think he's an outright bastard. Go on then. The actual bastards. Jason Drula, I reckon, is a little bastard. He's just, he's just a horny cat. Yeah, but he's only horny for himself. Mm. I reckon he's a bit of a bastard. And there is that scene where James Corden drops in and he's got those two cats and you can tell they've just had a menage trois. Yeah. Um, Jason Drula is a bit of a bastard. Yeah, Jason Drula's a bastard. And the other bastards are those two cats who are basically mocking Jennifer Hudson for being disabled. Okay, so we've got four bastards. Idris Elba? <laughs> I don't think Elba's a bastard, is it? What the fuck are you talking about, man? He's trying to get to the heavy side layer before anybody else. Yeah, I just don't think he's a bastard. I mean, well, why not? So? I, 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 just, I just don't... I think, if anything, he's a, he's a bit of a tit. I don't think he's a bastard. I think he thinks. I think he thinks he's a bastard. I mean, he's responsible for Grizabella's downfall. What? That's what Is they he? say. I reckon he's just riding on that fucking what is it reputation? I reckon he did out. No. No. He 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 goes meow as he disappears. No bastard does that. Ah uh, ah! Uh, uh, but I challenge. I will counter that with he says his own name as he disappears. No, no that's a bit bastardy. No, it isn't. McCavity. It's low rent magician It's not McCavity. It's McCavity. <laughs> yeah, I don't reckon he's that much of a bastard. All that actually does quite a lot because there's all those ones that are just roofing people at that party. Yeah. Um, yeah. The the, the backing dancers. Yeah. Thieves. So I would I would I would say there's between three and seven bastards in that movie. Yeah. Quite nice. Yeah. Yeah. Pretty high collection of bastards, that. Yeah. Uh, thank you for that, Stephen. I, I know Nick will appreciate that, my uh, the, <laughs> the, my co-manager. So uh, good. 
Nick right. deserves a gold star for coming up with this idea. I like it. <laughs> are we going straight into the film or are we going to do trailers? Are you tired of film podcasts where the hosts exist in a constant, blissful state of agreement? I mean, the main, the main characters are two of the dullest main characters I have ever encountered in any film. Well, you're in luck. Let me introduce you to Chinstroker and Punter. One is an ex-film student with a penchant for David Lynch and art cinema. The other is a man on the street. Listen in perplexed and horrified terror as we tear apart one film a week. It just really is. It's isn't. not visually striking. No. I'm just, just getting confirmation. It's just in English. That's the third time, though. I mean, am I, is this on? You can find us at csvsp.libson.com. So come and share the bit true. If you could fuck any man in film, who would it be and why? My answer is Lance Henriksen. Oh. You, he wouldn't tell. He looks like somebody. <laughs> he looks like somebody who can keep, keep a secret. Steve has literally listened to us for an hour. I am quite happy to do trailers. Not a problem. Steve, have you watched the Tenet trailer? No. <laughs> fair enough. But I'm quite happy to listen to you talk about it. Oh, okay. Fair enough. Go for it. Let's do, let's do it's, it's Christmas. Come on. <laughs> let's do trailer chat then. Um, I mean, has there been anything apart from... It's the Amy Adams one. Oh, the woman in the window. Is that what it's called? Yeah. Oh, that, no, actually, I've, I've, I've got a couple, actually. Yeah. The one in the window. Um, oh, there's a Quiet Place 2 teaser, which is just them walking slowly in the quiet. Yeah. Yeah. That's boring, isn't it? It's quiet, yeah. <laughs> Go on then, Becky. Woman in the window. Um, I, I, I think this one's quite interesting, to be fair. Isn't it by the people who did Gone Girl? The studio that did Gone Girl or something. It says something about Gone Girl. Producers of Gone Girl. Who died? There's a weird, it's a weird director though, isn't it? I, I think this looks quite intriguing with like the wife switcheroo and stuff like that. I think I, I like a good like thriller mystery type shit. So that's it, Joe Wright. Joe Wright film. Okay. I don't like Joe Wright films, but I'm really interested in this to be honest. Is it because it's got a redhead in it? Probably two redheads. You're also a redhead. Juno Ma. She's blonde in this though. All right. Just Looking saying. Passion my vibe. Just saying. So yeah, um, I'm, yeah, I'm, 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 I'm a, I'm, I'm a this. Uh, no, do you know what? I haven't yet. I, I slept on it rather. Yeah, it looks, it looks, it looks. It could be like a quite good, interesting, like psychological thriller. 
Yeah. I, I've okay. not seen the trailer, but just from looking at stills now uh, uh, online, it looks like Mark Nip. Yeah, it is. It is it quite is. Mark Nippy. Yeah, it, it, it is. It, the only thing that has me mildly concerned is Joe Wright, but everything else I'm looking at going, yeah, I'm fine with that. I'm fine with that. I'm fine with that. Um, it's got Anthony Mackie in it. Wasn't he, in, wasn't he somewhere in like the, the Avengers movie? Like he's in it somewhere, isn't he? Anthony Mackie, not recognising him. Mm. Nope. He's the he's the Falcon. <laughs> Oh, was he that, that, that blob that flies around occasionally? Yeah, like, that beige thing that occasionally crops up. When the blob opens its mouth, you get like that white noise. Yeah. yeah, and you go, should he be saying something? <laughs> uh, <laughs> downhill. Oh, yes. It's not a fucking ski movie, is it? it, it, it you, you watched the trailer with me, Becky. I don't remember it. Uh, I'm, I'm very much looking forward to Downhill. It's got some of my favourite things in it. Skiing oh. in movies. Will Ferrell and Julie Louise Dreyfus. That's why I've scrubbed it from my memory. Why? Will Ferrell. I like Will Ferrell, and I like Will Ferrell when he's in this kind of like more slightly serious comedies. Mm. <laughs> uh, when he's not been a zany. Um, yeah, I'm, I'm looking forward to this. Fine. Yeah. I, I want to see the original. Um, like it'll give, give me an excuse to watch Force Majeure, to be fair. But um, yeah, this looks really, really fun. It looks kind of biting and not awardsy, but maybe like smarter than your average bear as such. So um, yeah, no, I'm I'm all for this. Yeah. So is it is it a remake of Force Majeure? Yeah. yeah. Wow. Yeah, Force, Ma- I- Force Majeure isn't overly comic comical at all it's quite um dark and um uh, brooding really so I, yeah i have a feeling what they're going to do here is try and hook you in with a comedy comedy trailer um uh, and then actually it's going to have little moments of chuckle but be quite biting in the actual film i think they're going to try and go do you know what we're going to sell it based on this and then when people are already sat down it don't fucking matter <laughs> Mm. Um, that sounds sounds really interesting. That it, it does. I'm, I'm 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 quite looking forward to that. Actually, I was quite impressed by the trailer. To be honest, I'll give it another watch. Um, Can I just ask before we get into the biggie? Have we chatted the Mulan trailer on here? No, I don't think we. Have. I don't think we have. No. What are your thoughts on that? Mulan. I'm I'm looking forward to that. I'm looking forward to taking lots to that. To be yeah. fair. Um. You know, just like it's a Disney film, but it's live action and it looks like its heart is really, really in the right place. And you get you get the sense this isn't necessarily like a well, it's cynical in so much as it's obviously trying to appeal to a specific market. But at the same time, it's not one of the most obvious Disney cartoons to be getting a remake. Mm. And I'm. I'm really intrigued to see what they um what they do here, and it it looks epic and sweeping, and yeah, I mean it, it's pressing all the right buttons for me so far. Have you watched the the animated one? Like many moons ago, but I I, I would like to sit lots in front of it actually. Yeah. M- is Mulan is a massively underrated Disney film. It's in my top twenty um, Disney films, and I, I've seen it, every single theatrical release Disney film. Um, and it, 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 yeah, it's massively underrated, and I, I really like the look of this trail, trailer. 
the the fact they've sort of um, definitely gone off piste a little bit. It isn't a shot for shot uh, remake in the style of let's say the the Lion King um, yeah. version. So I, I think they're going to do some slightly different things in this, but they've still sort of brought in the spirit guides um that are in the uh, the original disney film and, and and some of the music is, is some of the some of the best sort of more modern disney music as well so yeah i'm really excited for milan i think it i think it's going to be one of the better live action remakes yeah i'm i've not been interested in any really of these no. these live action remakes in fact i don't actually think i've seen any jungle book. i yeah i kind of watched jungle book that's mm. it um, but I haven't seen any of the rest of them. I, I just, they don't, they, they don't, they're not doing anything that makes me go, I want to watch that. Mm. Whereas this, I had no interest in it at all. I haven't actually seen um, the animated version of well, it. Well, that's what I was going to say. Well, Maybe it's because we haven't seen the animated well, That's it. But now I, I, I actually want to watch the animated version. But like you said there, Steve, is this looks like a, a film. Yeah. Not, not a Can't live action. Yeah version of this it looks like an actual film that i'm watching going this is right this is a disney film and it it's got an an old um, asian cast mm. it's a female director uh female cinematographer uh, both who have done really good work and this looks like a really a, a fucking really good classy high budget movie that's telling this story but made by a US studio rather than a um an Asian studio. It, it gave me um Great Wall vibes and I really like Great Wall. Um you know the the Matt Damon film um from the other year. Um it, the the sort of the sweeping sort of vistas that you you get from it. But yeah, I think the fact that it's got a a, a woman at the helm directing it is really important because it is a a really strong uh, female lead in the film. Uh, and like you say, if you've not seen the animated version, I think you could look at that and think, no, this is this is a proper film. This isn't yeah. a, a, an animation remake. I just the reason Come, I, I saw the trailer for the first time when we were at the cinema earlier and it just it just really kind of when I see any of the other trailers for the live action remakes, I'm 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 never like hit with a oh my god I really want to see that and I was with this one so so yeah quite exciting really. It's it's such an interesting year for female directors taking on big tentpole films um, next year because um, obviously like Nikki Caro's doing uh, Mulan, you've got Kate Shortland doing Black Widow. Um, I think Chloe Zhao's doing the Eternals. Um, Patty Jenkins is um, uh, doing Wonder Woman. Um, you know, it's just there's a lot of really big anticipate. I mean, both Marvel films directed next uh, that are released next year are directed by a woman. Like, and a uh, Kathy Yan doing Birds of Prey. You know, I mean, it's it's brilliant how it's suddenly gone from. I mean, there's an awful lot of work to be done. Don't get me wrong. There's an awful lot of work. But to go from, like, Patty Jenkins becoming the first uh, woman to um, helm a film that made over $100 million, if I remember correctly, um, to now. And it's this is obviously, obviously feeding through from the success that Patty Jenkins had with that. You know, I mean, if that film was released in, what, 2016? Yeah. Um, 
you know so then like through like think pre-production and production and whatnot now 2020 you've got all and because aren't direct big high grossing films has now been fantastically broken um oh done i'm ever so sorry just as i'm talking about um women directors in 2020 being amazing and directing loads of big budget films is there any chance you could get me a drink please i feel like i can't say yes to that (laughs) (laughs) thank you very much hun um sorry that was my wife's amazing and runs her own business and she's a far fucking better person than I am. So she's, she's just very nice. She's not just very nice. Anyway, I've had a couple of pints of strong beer and I'm starting to lose my words slightly. And we've still got to talk about star Wars. Um, I just, it's, it's going to be great. And I really fucking hope that none of these films bomb so you don't get twats out there saying, oh, this film bombed because it was directed by a woman, that you know as soon as one of these films bomb, that's going to come out of the woodworks. Yeah, it, it is. But like you say, it... it... Mulan's, Mulan's the interesting one. I think Mulan is going to be one of the sleeper hits of next year. Mm. Yeah, uh, yeah. Um, and I think... It will be for all of the right reasons, yeah. because it's it's going to do fantastic in the um, Asian market, which is a big market now. Um, and I also think that it's going to do an awful lot of money in the US and the UK because people are going to want to take their kid to it. Yeah. You know, it, it, it's, it's another hero for young girls to be able to go and watch that they can go wow that uh, it, it's that it's that thing and and it's and that's that's really fucking cool I, and and this is it. it it's lottie is growing up in this world where there are a lot of films with really fucking strong female protagonists who do not need men in the fucking slightest yeah. like she has watched moana so many times and that film I, I, I honestly think in like ten, twenty years that is going to be a beloved Disney classic. I, I, I actually think it kind of already is. It, it just, it, it feels like it's under talked about. Does I, Moana? I, 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 I actually think this disagree with that. I hear a lot of people chatter about that, like around what is it? The, um, the film people that I follow on Twitter and stuff like that mm. mention Moana a lot. Normals. Um. Yeah. Um, the, the, the the old story of Milan is that it is a, a a young girl who steps up and does the job of a man better than a man. Yeah. And, yeah. and so yeah, you, 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 you cannot get any more female empowerment than than the the film Milan. So yeah, I think it's going to be a, a a big smash that one. Yeah, I, I, I'm really looking forward to the, the trailer when we saw it before um, Star Wars. Yeah. I, I was really impressed with that. I looked at it and went, wow, this yeah. is. This is a fucking this is a fucking movie. And it looks lovely. Yeah, uh, it, it's it's it, it looks like it's capturing that that style of um of of, of films. So things like 
when you had the uh, the early noughties and you had that explosion of Asian cinema coming out, it feels like it, it's tapping into something of that, and that's yeah. that's really fucking cool. Yeah. So, uh, Tenet. Hello, monkey. Oh, thank you very much, honey. Sorry, bye. Thank you very much, sweetheart. What's that? Mummy, what? I didn't know if they were. Okay, babe. All right, love you. See you in a bit. My daughter brings me beer now. It's so fucking good. <laughs> well tried. Yeah, uh, absolutely. Tenet. It's here are a few of my favourite things. Michael Mann and 80s looking clothes and cars going backwards exploding. Do, 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 do. And that's why I'm looking forward to Tenet. Um, that was beautiful. Well, no, yeah. well, thank you so much. No, and thinking about it, the car doesn't explode. Um, so this is Michael. This is Christopher Nolan basically going. I really like Michael Mann's aesthetic. Yeah. And I really like Colin Farrell's coked up what the fuck looking hairdo. So I'm gonna do that on Robert Pattinson. <laughs> um. And and we've got we've got Tenet. Who knows what the fuck Tenet's about? I don't care. This looks cool. And I'm looking forward to being bamboozled and wowed in the cinema. And I kind of wish that this was the only thing released before the film. It obviously won't be. Heck of a teaser. Really looking forward to it. Let's fucking go. Yeah. Tenet will, will make $500 million. Nobody will understand it. It won't get nominated for Oscars for some reason because it's released in August. Um, and it will make an absolute genuine fucking star out of John Derry Washington. Mm. Black Klansman already should have done that, but hey, he, never he mind. He's a guy who picks things so fucking carefully. And I, I, mean, I think it's fantastic that about him. He has not tried to ride on the fact that he's Denzel Washington's son um, and he genuinely is fantastic um, in, in in Black Klansman he is charismatic as fuck in that movie yeah. off his own back he's not just doing Denzel Washington light no no um, I mean the cast of this is just magnificent as, as you'd expect but it, it is like Ian says it's it's going back to Nolan doing Michael Mann, which he did so perfectly with The Dark Knight. Yeah, yeah. What do you think? Um, it's pretty much the same. It's, it's just at this point, it's 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 just intriguing, isn't it? Because like no one really knows what it's about or anything. It's just it's going to be about shady shit and time travel. It's about all the information that's out there, isn't it? Mm. So, I wish that was the tagline. <laughs> shady <laughs> shit and time travel. <laughs> time runs out. Fuck that. Shady shit and time travel. <laughs> <laughs> but yeah, despite not giving anything away about what the... Uh... Why are you playing with my power bank? It confuses me. 
Is that what we call it in this day and age? Sorry. <laughs> I was going to say, that's not a euphemism, is it? It's not, it's an actual power band. Um, <laughs> but yeah, despite the fact that the trailer doesn't really tell you anything, it's still, it's made me really want to watch the film, so it's done its job. Yeah. Yeah. Anything, anything with Robert Pattinson in at the minute yeah, mm. is interesting oh. to me. Fuck, I'm looking forward to The Lighthouse so much. I am. Just what the fuck is that film? I mean, to be fair, it's out on physical media in the US this week. So uh, <laughs> if, if if anyone wants to like maybe one drive me a rip of that at, at some point in the near future... Yeah, they, they they can feel free to um, go ahead and do that. When's it coming out over here? End of January. Yeah. It's like fucking it's like fucking Parasite, isn't it? Comes out like second week of February. I yeah. I, I I already know what the twist in Parasite is. I'm obviously not going to say, but some fucker on Twitter fucking ruined it for me. So great, well done. Oh, that's shit. I've actually managed to avoid any spoilers or anything. I don't know whether it's a twist or whether it's just a, a certain plot development, but it sounds pretty fucking central to the bastard thing. Twitter, Twitter is becoming worse for spoilers. It really is. Yeah, it, yeah. Is, it, it, it did seem like everybody who who saw uh, uh, Rise of Skywalker, even critics who saw it, decided we're going to spoil this. Uh, so I'm going to use that as a nice segue to lead in. Um, <laughs> Remember, guys, we are all spoilers all of the time. Um, but I, I literally saw somebody, a, a what is it, a critic come out and say, I'm not going to put any spoilers in, but what I will say is, if you liked The Last Jedi, you won't like Rise of the Skywalker, and if you liked Force Awakens, you'll like Rise of the Skywalker, which basically made you go, okay, retconning all over the place then. Um, it's not Rise of the Skywalker, it's the Rise of Skywalker. Yeah, Rise of the Skywalker. Uh, <laughs> if you fucking say it, I'm just going to say it more. I know. We've just got whatever it was, what was it, three? You managed to all over again. We spotted the fugitives. It's not on food, and it's not in this one. I mean... Who is in it though? It's, it's directed by JJ Abrams again. Abrams. 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 It's not got a hurt in the middle, Mark. It, it's not Abrahams, Mark. JJ Abrahams. Right. <laughs> <laughs> Who does it star? Daisy Rudlu. <laughs> <laughs> Carrie Fisherman. <laughs> You can't, you can't no, I can't fucking do this for all of them. I can't do it. Uh, Matt Hamill, Adam Driver, uh, Daisy Ridley, John Boyega, Oscar Isaacs. Uh, Isaac! Isaac! Oscar Isaacs. Uh, Donald Gleeson. I'm fucking staying right in with this one. Uh, Richard E. Grant's there. Um, was Richard E. Grant in another one? No. No. So he is new to this one? Yes. I wish right. he was in all of them. Yeah, Makes everything 10% better, doesn't he? Because, right, does. when he? When he turned up, I thought, I'm sure Rich D. Grant hadn't been in any of these. I'm starting to think, 
Was he in the original prequels? No, well, he no, wasn't. No, no, he no, wasn't. No. I'm thinking, I mean, should he have been? Should Richard E. Grant have been in all of these? Richard E. Grant should just be in everything. Um, yeah, uh, uh, B. D. Williams and, 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 and many other people uh, whose names I won't butcher. Um, yeah, please. Don't. Ian, I would like you to explain the plot of this because the also- dead speak. Um, according to the prologue. Uh, dead the cruel. So, Palpatine's back, um, yeah. and he basically says to Kylo Ren, "I'm going to give you a fuckload of star destroyers if you kill Ray." Kylo Ren's like, "I'm gonna do that," and Ray is like, "No, you're not." Film. Steve, just. Quickly, can you just, to what is it? Um, what have been your very quickly thoughts? Because uh, obviously we've spoken about them, but just to kind of like recap. recap. Yes. Force Awakens. Previously on, on, yeah. on, on, on the, the sequel trilogy. Okay. Yeah. Um, the, I really like The Force Awakens. Yes, it was pretty much a, a, a rehash of um, A New Hope, but I, I really quite liked it. It, it For me, it was a, um, a, a decent build on the original trilogy or as decent as we could have expected anyway um i then really didn't like the last jedi um i i understand what johnson was trying to do with the film he he was trying to um take what what we knew about star wars and 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 take it in a different direction um but i i didn't i really didn't it didn't sit easy with me as a star wars fan what i wanted was I wanted this to be a cohesive saga of nine films, and I felt that what Johnson was doing should have come after the saga. I, I felt he was the wrong choice for episode eight. In the, oh, it, fuck, it, that's a really good argument. It, sorry. It, it, yeah. it, it's a good argument because I believe it is right. Um, and sorry to be so on my high horse about it, but I'm, I'm, I believe a lot of people who, who really like The Last Jedi... Um, are making the wrong argument with those people who really don't like it. I'm not disputing the fact that that Johnson is a good fit for Star Wars or that what he did with The Last Jedi was was potentially good work, but it wasn't good work within the saga. It didn't fit the original saga. And when I came out of Last Jedi, I was terrified that um, that it would make the, the it would make it really difficult for someone to come and close the saga off it in a sensible way mm. um and 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 then this film for me um it, I, i've called it a course correction and i've already been in a lot of conversations with people um who, who believe that is the right phrase and a lot of people who believe that isn't the wrong phrase but for me i i'm not saying that um johnson was taking it on on a on the wrong course for star wars in the future I'm just saying I think he was taking it on the wrong course for the saga. Um, and I think JJ has corrected that and he's put it back on the the, the right track for the saga. Um, and even though my opinion of this film is that it's quite ham-fisted in places, it's quite messy in places, as a standalone film, I, I think it comes quite, quite a way down the ranking of, of the Star Wars films for me. Um, but it does complete the circle, circles rather, and it does end the saga satisfactorily. Um, so I'm actually re- really happy with it as a as a film, and, and I know it's another of those films that are sort of divided the uh, the, the, the Star Wars fandom. So Can I just say? Problem with it? 
Because I which which one? Yeah, this one, the Skywalker one. What what are people's arguments against it? Is it the retcon? Yeah, I, I think a lot of the argument is that um, it it takes a lot of what Johnson did um, well and and I either sticks two fingers up at, at it or shuts it down. Um, I, I I sort of disagree with that. I I think he's taken some really key ideas from the last Jedi and, and he's continued with them. I, I think he has stuck the middle finger up at, at some of what Ryan did. Um, but I, I think he, he was on a bit of a, a loser JJ here. I think he's done really well with the, the shite and he's been dealt with. And for me, the crucial thing that he needed to do was to close the saga. And, and for me, he, he's done that. I'm now open to give Ryan Johnson a new trilogy. Let him do some of this new stuff. Let's forget the Skywalkers and and let Johnson go and do his thing. I I just like to say at this point. So in that explanation, Steve, it's. I don't think it's changed personally what I think of Rise of Skywalker um, as a film too much, but I 100% understand now why folks like yourself feel the way about Last Jedi and not to the like, fuck it, it's SJWs ruining Star Wars, because that's not what you're saying in the slightest. But I get what you're saying now about simply that it doesn't feel of a piece as part of a nine film saga, which in the end of the day, we have never had three trilogies of films filmed so far apart with so many changes in society and and filmmaking and just the world as Star Wars. So we have a completely unique case here where episode eight comes out and Ryan Johnson approaches it from, I want to mix things up. I want to ask questions. But at the same time, it's the first film in an eight episode at that time series that has said that. Whereas episode nine is basically saying, no, we need to finish up what essentially what these previous seven films started. And I think that kind, sorry, I'm monologuing here slightly, but bear with me. I think that kind of feeds into why I was annoyed with episode eight in the first place and why I've kind of come back on board with it because subsequent rewatches have made me think, okay, Johnson's asking some interesting questions here. But I think that's because I've been dealing with the film in in isolation and in viewing it with today's eyes. Whereas if I'm viewing it in the context of all the films, I th- personally, I think episode nine does make some missteps and we'll get into that. But literally just that one fucking thing you said, Steve, is just like almost like Rosetta stoned it for me. I, I, I think you, you can look at it as a sort of a casual viewer, and I know you're a Star Wars fan, Ian, but mm. I, I've sort of lived and breathed the saga for so for so long. Yeah, I mean you're um, another level, don't? Yeah, I mean I like I I like the universe, but yeah, you are another level, bud. Yes, absolutely. And and and, and, and there's there's a lot of people like me who who this is so important, um, so important to in terms of actually finishing the saga. And and it, it and it adds has nothing to do with sort of you you, can, you know you can't 
get more social justice than I am. I, I, you know, I'd quite happily take on the moniker of a social justice warrior. You know, I'm all for fucking social justice. Um, But I wanted to see the saga completed properly. And when we finished with Broom Boy at the end of um, The Last Jedi, I I couldn't see how how that was going to happen. This is the, the, the Skywalker saga. It is well. It, it's it's now sort of the, the the Palpatine saga as well. But it, it it's been called by Lucasfilm the Skywalker saga, and so it needed to have a, a a finish that revolved around that Skywalker saga. And you know, like I say, I think there's there's brilliant. Let's let's take Star Wars in a completely different direction now. Let's let's bring in all of Johnson's great new ideas after this step. And I think what you say as well is that I don't think you can view or talk about this this set of three films without considering the political landscape. Um, it, it is in, entirely affected by the, the crazy world that, that we now live in and, and the, the the mad sort of five years that we've had since since this little trilogy journey began. Um, it, it's very difficult to un, unpick the films and... Um, take them out separately from the the sort of world as it is at the moment um and i think jj has done a a really good job considering considering the 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 main the main sort of actor that was supposed to be in this film is dead um do do you know what i mean and he couldn't he couldn't use her as intended considering johnson left so many open things and shut down a lot of what he'd set up in in the force awakens i i think he did a, a good job it uh, like i say a messy job uh, and quite ham-fisted in places but it it's left me really happy and and i think that the key thing for me to say is i i am now looking back at the last jedi and for me it makes it a more palatable film i actually think in making this film he's made the last jedi easier to watch for me so you, you know i i I couldn't be happier at the at the outcome of this film. So we are. Um, I'm going to actually, um, Ian. What 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 did you think of uh, the Rise of the Skywalker? Because I think we're gonna um, we're, we're gonna end up using what we often do with Steve, where we basically ask him all of the questions that we have, because 90 <laughs> percent of the time, or 95 percent of the time, I'd say he comes up with an answer. We go, all right, yep, that makes sense now, and anything like that. So Ian, go. Yeah, I mean, I, the inclusion of Palpatine, I, 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 from a saga point of view, I, I see why it's there. The issue is that, and I think they quite, uh, correct me if I'm wrong, Steve, but they quite openly said that when, um, you know, when Force Awakens came, uh, Awakens came out, they had a general idea of how things were going to go. So Episode 7 was the Han Solo film. Episode 8 was the Luke Skywalker film. Episode 9 was the uh, Leia Organa film. You are and, correct. Yeah, cool. Um, and the fact that obviously Carrie Fisher tragically died meant that they had to do a massive rethink there. And it feels to me that Palpatine wasn't necessarily in the thoughts of the filmmakers around episode seven production time. And they've had to change some things up. There were many, there were many moments that I just went really. And I think that's just a case of a screenplay that was maybe written under a, a, 
a fair bit of duress with obviously Colin Trevorrow disappearing. And I mean, I know him and Derek Connolly get a story by credit. I wonder how much story they they actually contributed. Um, but the Palp- Palpatine being included in this film felt random to me. Just as a side note, the fact that the 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 the, the mysterious transmission that they reference in the crawl, you can hear that in fucking Fortnite blows my mind. But yeah, yeah, it's like, crazy, isn't it? Like, what the fuck is that? Um, but but, you, but you, I'll, I'll take I'll take you on on that one. I, yeah, I think on. it was absolutely essential for Palp- Palpatine to be back and to be the big overall arching villain because they'd they'd killed Snoke. So they'd killed the the only villain that they'd set up in seven. Kylo Ren was was a villain, but he, it was obvious that they were going to redeem him. So w- without that, 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 there was no sort of villain there and there have been two two themes that i think are are central to the whole nine films the whole saga there is the issue of of family and so you you've got from the empire strikes back the key thing being you know uh luke i am your father that that that's where the sort of family thing took hold so it was crucial that that ray was somebody named she was part of a family and and not a nobody for me and then the other key thing that's that's run through is this idea of of the force not being this wishy-washy sort of uh, ethereal thing but based in the midichlorians that lucas brought in in the prequels and that idea of the midichlorians being something in your blood and being something that's passed along a bloodline as well as that sort of familial relationship tied in with the idea of clones that came in dead early on from from attack of the clones and that idea of cloning technology that we saw with palpatine had obviously done something funky in terms of making a snoke and and cloning a snoke those sorts of key ideas that had run through the 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 eight films so i think it was absolutely essential that that palpatine came back can i just question do you think that Abrams was or or Jet like Kathleen Kennedy was thinking in the production of episode seven, yeah, Snoke is Snoke is basically gonna be revealed as a bit of a false flag and killed in episode eight. Do do you think that was in the thinking I, at the I, time? I, I think I think Palpatine you, was always in the thinking. Okay. All right, no, no fair enough then. A little bit on that as somebody who is not as invested as, as Steve is and is not as knowledgeable as Steve is on this. I always thought that that in episode seven um, that Snoke was clearly kind of a little bit of a MacGuffin uh, for it. He, he was so obviously portrayed as the big bad, he couldn't be the big bad for the final film because it, it didn't it didn't feel to have the gravitas of a big bad. You, you can't you can't put you can't put anyone in a in a, a gold Jimmy Savile coat and slippers. And and him going to be a serious big bad at the end of it? Yeah, it, it, it just it, it, it felt like there was it, it just always felt like there was something bigger behind it. That's interesting. I like I just I'll I'll be honest. I didn't feel the connective tissue there. And the and again, I mean, this is maybe more that Johnson just mixing things up and in a way that doesn't feel conducive to the saga. But the whole 
let the past die and I, I, and steve i'm sorry because I'm, I'm sure you've already you've heard this and I, I would love an explanation and you've been very good at convincing me so far uh, the whole let the past die and the kind of like anyone can be a jedi and the broom boy i mean don't get me wrong the last scene of last jedi i rewatched last jedi last week that last scene of last jedi feels like a fucking john lewis advert in the way it's shot in the way it's staged it's it horrible just, it's so it's so bad that but last it, scene but go on I'll, I'll bite again i i don't think that this film uh clashes with the idea of of anybody can be a jedi l- l- let's focus on finn in this film two or three times finn tries to tell um ray something and again the casual viewer might be thinking he's he's trying to tell her that he loves her done it again you magnificent bastard sorry steve yes i know what you're going to say yeah finn Finn, Finn is trying to tell her that he's force sensitive yeah now when finn has a conversation with Jana, who's quite clearly lando calrissian's long lost daughter by the way but yeah, when yeah. Finn has a conversation with Janna, they both talk about being stormtroopers that for some reason they can't explain. They just had this feeling. They sort of dropped their weapons and, they, they, you know, or, or picked up their weapons and turned on their own company and, and left. So both Janna and Finn are force sensitive. So I think that that still registers with this idea of anyone can be force sensitive. It's just the idea that, that Ray ha- had so sort of massive unnatural force ability that that she had to be someone and if you say you you sort of didn't feel palpatine all along palpatine is absolutely central to episode one he's there at the very start Mm. and he's the sort of machinations are there from the start oh no no sorry um i mean like this this particular trilogy Oh right, right, yeah, yeah, yeah. No, no, episode one, yeah, no, of course, but yeah, I mean, he's there, isn't he? Like, but, but but then again, even at the start of this trilogy, even at episode seven, in episode six, in Return of the Jedi, Palpatine's been chucked down a big dirty shaft, and you know, and you're not expecting him to come back. So I wasn't expecting them to sort of bring Palpatine back till a little bit later on. Um, but for me, Palpatine is sort of a, 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 the representation of the overarching evil. He's the, he, it, like he says in this film, I, I am all Sith. So he, he, he's clearly the sort of representation of all, all that dark side. He is the big overarching evil that I don't think Snoke or Kylo Ren w- w- was ever going, going to be, you know. I, I, I really... It's like two sorry. parallel lineages of like the Palpatine badness on one side and then the skywalker goodness on the other that was kind of vibe i got offered but the light and dark side yeah yeah i really need a wee i'll be back i'm sorry (laughs) i'm I'm, I'm so sorry because this is fucking brilliant and steve is really making me reevaluate the fucking film as we're talking about it which is really exciting I also am busting for a piss. I'm sorry. I'll be back. So, see, we'll, we'll get into more bits. Uh, well, actually, we'll get into our bits, Becky. What, what do you think? Because you're, you're a, a Star Wars fan, aren't you? I'm, I'm a fan in as much as I really love the films, but not in as much as I read background and I watch accompanying stuff and, and all that kind of stuff. So I'm kind of like a you know, casual fan. I'd yeah. stand plus. Um, but yeah I, I think all the intelligence stuff that I, that I, that I was going to say has already been said I, it, I, it felt unsat- the bits the retconning that was done it was it was satisfying to me because the bits that it retconned were the bits I like The Last Jedi it does feel out of place tonally it's really quite fucking bleak 
Um, and when you smash that in between Force Awakens and Rise of Skywalker, it, it feels even more out of place. Um, but the bits that they retconned were the bits that were like, that were, that were unsatisfying about Last Jedi. Like, like Rey not being anybody. I didn't, she should be somebody. It felt, it just didn't feel right. So, you know, it, it, the bits that were that were fixed, I think, needed to be fixed. And I know people are like, oh, it's disrespectful to to Johnson and blah blah blah. But it 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 like like Steve said, episode eight was not the place for that. Mm-hmm. Episode ten is the place for that, taking it in a new direction. We're wrapping up. I still question the idea of having um, three separate directors, which was the original um, idea behind the this trilogy, was to have three separate directors. I, I kind of go against that idea there. It would have mm. made more sense to have had one singular director JJ, um, to, to, to do that. Mm. Sorry, carry on. Um, so, yeah, like I said, all the, all the sort of incisive stuff I was going to say has already been said, but I will say I absolutely fucking loved it. I loved it. Nice. And it's I am I am gonna go see it again before I go back to work, possibly even a couple of times. I absolutely loved it. I I, I had that feeling when I was sat there of like you know when you see like adverts for cinemas and there's these wide eyed children looking up at the screen. That's how I felt. I absolutely adored it. The the, the thing is that is I got to I, I've um so far, uh, of the, the the new Star Wars that have come out, uh, The Force Awakens, I, I enjoyed. Yeah. Uh, I never have to watch it again, but I enjoyed my time with it. Um, I really enjoyed Rogue One. Mm. Uh, I, I, I really, really enjoyed Rogue One. Um, I enjoyed um, The Last Jedi, but I, I, I enjoyed bits of it. I thought visually it was quite sumptuous. Uh, but there was also bits of it that I just didn't give a shit about, and I think the bits I didn't give a shit about were the more Star Warsy bits, uh, which goes against what I felt about the other ones. I I, I enjoyed Solo. Yeah. You know, I, I got enough out of Solo. It it, it, it was fun, um, and I I very much said to you as as we were leaving, didn't I, Becky, um, that I I felt like I was watching a Star Wars movie while I was watching this. Mm. Um, so I had that that element of um, it being a fun family romp, but that it had a little bit more um, right. a little bit more heart to it, a little mm. more weight to it. Mm. Um, I, I have not want to go as far as the issues. Um, I don't mind um, <laughs> the retconning things <laughs> in the sense that uh, you've got. No matter what happens, when you get fandom with things, you're going to get fucking crazies. It doesn't matter what kind of fandom you, you get. Um, but I do think there was enough of the legitimate complaints uh, with The Last Jedi um, that, that meant that they had to, that, that they were more likely to look at this. Yeah. Um, and so. I can remember going, do you know what? I had I had fun watching that. Would I go and watch it with you again? Maybe. Am I desperate to go and see it again myself? Not, not really. Um, but I would happily go and watch it with you again over um, the Christmas period when we've got a day off or something like that. <gasps> Boxing day. For, what is it? Probably not then. I want to go and watch that. Um, Spice in Disguise. No, the other one, Playing With Fire. Um, no. 
So uh, I will go watch Spies in Disguise, don't worry. Uh, so, but I, I enjoyed it. It was a fun romp. Uh, there was little bits in it that I was like, I really like that. Uh, so the um, usually the little quirky bits are like nailed on a fucking chalkboard to me. But the fact that J.J. Um, Abrams voices that deal thing, the little code thing, like that guy, thought he was quite cool. A, I love the way that like he's just clearly not not comfortable with contact and he just reverses and he's like no thank you no yeah. thank you uh, that, um, that. Uh, the uh, my Babu Frick Babu Frick the entire movie Babu Frick is 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 Babu Frick when they're all when they all arrive like the end of uh, Guardians two and like the end of uh, Endgame and they all magically arrive and fucking um, what's his name Paul Dameron looks across. Of both Richard appears and just goes, hey, 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 <laughs> hey, hey, kids. It, it, it's it's fantastic. It, it's just a you look at it going, right, no, that that's the little quirky bits that don't feel cynical mm. within can it. I, can I say as well, evil monkey welder. Yes, I yeah. thought of you, Ian, when I saw that because oh. it, it, it they'd not even made it out to be a Star Wars character. It was just a chimp with a welding mask on. Evil yeah. monkey welder. That's all I need in life. Him and Babu Frick. If I could escape with them to a deserted island with my family, that would be fine. It would, but just the, the wonderness of, of, of Babu Frick with the thing where C-3PO comes back online and he's and he, he says his name and Babu Frick's in the background. She goes, I'm Babu Frick. <laughs> and it's just... I showed Isabel the clip of that today and she was in stitches. It, it's this weird little thing of this little... What... Uh, it, I'm watching him going, is he speaking Portuguese or is he speaking some kind of alien language? So in my mind, he's this weird little Brazilian thing that exists within the movie. And I quite like that. Fair enough. Um, yeah, I, I, I had as good a time as I, sh- as I should have with this movie. I really like that um, the, the, the hardcore Star Wars fans that I that I know, like yourself, Steve, and Mike from Mike uh, from Chins Rockets and Punter, um, seem to have a really great time with it. Um, and I've said it, it's a satisfying conclusion. I don't believe for a fucking second this is the fucking conclusion of the Skywalker series. She literally at the end calls herself a Skywalker. Um, so it, there's there's all of that, but it's those bits in it where I'm going, I'd watch that, I'd watch that, I'd watch that, and I'd watch that. Of the, the the bits where they're almost teasing at. Will I watch a Billy D. Williams spin-off series? Because I don't think it'll be a film, but a series on Disney Plus where he just goes off and has adventures with, like you say, um, Steve, quite clearly his daughter, who he does kind of look at like he's going, "Want to come for a ride?" It's like, no, I think that might be your daughter there, Billy D. <laughs> that was one of the the worst bits of the film. Like, yeah, God, it, it, it cool. could be that scene could be read so many ways. It's yeah. like, do, do you want to continue these adventures together? Yeah, and but it's like, God, no, Billy D. I don't. Of Lando realizing that he was thirsty for his own daughter. Um, I'm fine with that. I, I I don't see a world where Babu Frick isn't going to reappear again because he has to. She want him to. Just even if he just even if he just is the idents that presents the uh, all these fucking Star Wars things on Disney Plus and that's it. I'm fine with that. Um, but just because he was pretty damn cool. But yeah, it, it, it was it was fun. It was a space opera. It it was 
my little why is that doing that and and the how are they able to breathe while they're on that fucking destroyer and stuff like that because it's within an atmosphere it's not within an atmosphere it's in space um immaterial to this because it's 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 enjoyable Mm. and it's really enjoyable and it feels like it has gravitas and it feels like it has actual um consequences is, you can you can find problems with any movie if you pick it apart. The, the thing is with this, I just have no interest in doing that. And that is absolutely correct. Yeah. yeah that, 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 that's a perfect summarization of that. Just because you can pick something apart doesn't mean to say you actually should. And do you know what? Why do I need to when I went to see the film and I really enjoyed it? Why would I then need to try and try and take away my enjoyment out of it? Yeah, exactly. I need to get a drink, so could someone else continue? Um, I, I, like, I, I, I think I am by far the most negative on the film out of the lot of us, but I will say that Steve's made some really, uh, some really compelling arguments, and I think it's interesting as well that on Twitter, John Boyega's said, like, Finn's not trying to tell Ray he loves her in no. the sand pit. And then it's just people replying saying, no, he's trying to tell her that he loves Poe. Um, yeah, just, I did see that. I thought that was quite amusing. Like, it just, it's, it, it's interesting how so much of film discussion has basically come down to will characters bang. Yeah. <laughs> also, what I'll say is um, Boyega, I think, comes into his own in this movie. I oh, think he's the best he's yeah. been in any of uh, yeah. any of the three, uh, without a shadow of a doubt. I, I think he, Isaac too, by the way. Sorry. Yeah, no, I, I, I absolutely agree with that. Yeah, it's um, but I, I think I said on the last show that I have an issue with Boyega because everything I've seen him in, he's been really charismatic and really good, and then in these movies he's always seemed a little bit like a like he just didn't feel he didn't feel right within them. Mm. Uh, when, when, when you consider what the original Star Wars film, A New Hope, it was Han, it was Luke, it was Leia, and it was those t- two males and a female bouncing off each other. And then it, in 7 and 8, for a lot of the time, these three characters have, haven't been together. But in this film, we get we get Ray, we get Finn, we get Poe together for a large portion of the time. And they're bouncing off each other and the humour is there and the um, the relationship is there. Yeah, I mean, my my favourite part of the film is that, like, 40, 50-minute chunk where they are solidly together and it's not Ray kind of off on a vision quest. I'm not not massive on Ray over the course of these films, which is is a problem because she's the main narrative for us. No, I I agree with you on that, Ian. It's a... She's... She struggles to be, for me, to engage or be likable. Yeah, I mean, it, it's it's really annoying that the most emotionally resonant, conflicted character in this trilogy of films is Kylo Ren. And I mean, I think it, it like I think Adam Driver's work is really fucking good. And that moment where he just looks at Harrison Ford and goes, Dad, you know, and just like the fucking like the all just the weight lifted off his shoulders suddenly in that moment. It's great. 
But I, I think Daisy Ridley has had a disservice done to her by the what exactly is going on with her parentage kind of thing. And the fact, the fact that it doesn't necessarily see seem that there's been a bit of, that there's been a through line there. Um, and it's, this film is basically, I'm not going to be bad. 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 I'm not bad. And, you know, yes, there was the dark Ray bit and the, pulling down of the transport and whatnot and it's that there are these little moments there but the more compelling thing for me was what is going to happen with kylo ren because you're not going to end this you're not going to end this trilogy with ray succumbing to the dark side you're not no and, and i i didn't i didn't expect that i i expected ben Demption. i thought okay. we needed to see han um, Han needed to give the okay for that to happen because I don't I don't think you could kill Han and then uh, redeem uh, Kylo redeem Ben without Han's say so. So I think that scene that you're describing Ian was was really powerful and really quite important. Mm. I I really liked the um, the dark side vision of Ray. It sort of um, flashback to Empire when uh, Luke has the the vision of himself as Vader in the cave. Um, but yeah, I don't think there was any ever any danger of of Ray going going dark side. No, it, it, the marketing was fucking going there, and you know, the Last Jedi had that the the sequence of Ray like feeling the earth around her, and then Mark Hamill going, "You went saying you went straight to the dark side," which. I don't know, from a genetic sense, I suppose makes sense now, but it just, the the two don't quite marry up for me there. Um, but I, I, if this was the saga of Ben, I would kind of, un, I, I suppose the Skywalker saga, yeah, I, I, you know, it could be, it could be read by some that it is more his than hers because she's unrelated to the Skywalkers, but that would be me being a fucking dickhead on the internet. So I really need to tr- swim away from that as quickly as I can. Um, I, yeah, I, it, it, it's just, I, I, I have been way more pulled to the, to the, the, the light side of the force here, but there are, there are moments. There is the Chewie must've been on another transport thing. Just the, there was there was a moment there. It was like, holy fucking shit, she's killed Chewbacca, and then five did, did, minutes like. Did you oh, not God. see two transports before? But no, uh, I, I mean, I, I, to you, be honest, you glimpsed no, the second transport. Steve, I went to a half five in the morning showing of this. Yeah, well, I, I went to midnight showing of this, but I suppose I have seen it three times. Um, you do you do glimpse <laughs> you you do glimpse the second no, transport. No. But no, it's fair enough. I'm not. I'm. I'm. I'm not quibbling like that. They cheated us there. It, it's just from a filmmaking point of view, it's oh shit, this happened, and then five minutes later, but it didn't really. And I just, it would have been, it would have been powerful if Ray had done something terrible, if she had actually done something terrible, and then had to. But mm, go on. K- killing a whole transport full of people, whether Chewie was on or not, is pretty fucking terrible. Actually, that's a good point. Do you know what I mean? Hell. Just because just Chewie's no, no, not on no, there no, doesn't no, mean no, she no, hasn't no, killed a whole no, transport Steve, full of people. You, you, 
no, one hundred percent. You're right. You're right. I... And 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 that scene was really just to show the fact she could use force lightning. If that that was to advertise the fact yeah. she was a Palpatine. If you hadn't have already got it from the dead speak. As soon as I read the dead speak, I said she's a Palpatine. And then when I saw the lightning come from her fingers, that was like second confirmation that she was a Palpatine. I, I okay. I, I mean, fair enough. It, it's just, and I, I I think this is I think this is the abrams of it all is have this happen then five minutes later no actually do you know what that's not that's not really a thing i mean yeah it's, nobody... it's, it's, it's why i described it as ham-fisted it is ham that is ha- totally ham-fisted yeah 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 I, it, it's i the thing is it sounds like i'm nitpicking but there are things they are things that in the moment i was like what the fuck like i've got to say and fine, if it's the force, then I suppose I suppose fair enough. But you've got the wayfinder thing, and she's literally in the exact place that she needs to be at the exact angle to find the the thing on the star destroyer. And I'll be honest it, with you, I say the thing on the star destroyer because I don't even know because it was find the MacGuffin and then find the other MacGuffin. I, I understand there's an overarching narrative, but the actual in the moment, what are they trying to do was Yeah. I, I, I agree with that. I think that the it's it's not so much the Wayfinder, although that is a crap name, Wayfinder find the way. Um but the the dagger for me was was the crappiest thing of all of that. Um the fact that anyone would inscribe the um location of the Wayfinder onto a dagger, the fact that they just happened to stumble across it down in, in the serpent's layer, and the fact that when they bring it out onto the surface she sort of fiddles around with it for about a second and then pulls out this this circular part of the dagger that she sort of looks like she's aligning. And in no way is that that possible that she could align that sort of brass circular thing that comes out of the dagger and show the exact location and then get on that little um, Moana type boat and, and sail out to the Death Star. That was ludicrous. That was that was Abrams at his, his most ham-fisted. Which, which is a shame because... It doesn't feel like it doesn't feel like any of the other films have done the we need to find the thing which will then direct us to the other thing. It it, it feels like a lot of busy work to get you to a lot of different locales. And if ever there was a film that should like slow down in the first hour and then, yeah, absolutely ramp up. It feels like it should be this one. And, I mean, it's nice to see the characters go on an adventure. Like I say, I really, really love the fact that that central three are together for as long as they are. But just the what they were actually doing, it just it felt weak. And that's I think I, I, I don't know. I'm interested, Steve, from a I, like from I a, think from I, a, I think go on. You go just from a behind the scenes point of view. Is, is there any thinking as to was that kind of like as they call it in computer games fetch quest kind of stuff was that at all due to the Carrie Fisher of it all I I think there was an obvious sort of change in what they were intending um with Carrie not being there I'm, I'm not so sure that the the fetch quest nature of it like you say is that I think part of that is just sort of abrams and um 
you, you know the, the the way he saw fit to sort of deal with the, with, with the lack of that. So yeah, I, I, I can't necessarily attribute that to to Carry not being there, but I I definitely see what you say in in terms of the pace. But when I when I watched it the first time. Um, I, I find the first hour just to be a little bit too helter skelter. The, yeah. the best the best representation of that that I can pick out is the light speed skipping, where um, where the Falcon uh, you know skipped from place to place to place to place, and I couldn't tell where they were at any of those times. Now having seen it two or three times more, I can sort of focus on that a little bit and I can get a bit more out of that. But the first time I watched it, I just thought this is this is going to make my eyes bleed if they keep keep skipping like this. Yeah, yeah, it, it's. I don't know. I like I like this film more than I did at the start of the review, but I still it makes me wonder whether they did just delay it six months or a year what they could have done with with that because um, this this release date was set in stone before I mean like when Trevorrow was on it wasn't it yeah yeah it was yeah. it was all it was all laid out and like i say jj had a lot to contend with here um, oh absolutely you know, the, the fact he came on late the fact he didn't have have fisher the, the sort of negative reaction from, from a big portion of fandom to what johnson had done um so he you know he had a lot to contend with and i think you have to to weigh that into any any judgment of of how well he's done really in the, it's it's a very very good looking movie as well. Yeah, it is. Oh fuck yeah! It, it you know it's a even just as a visual thing, it, it's it, it, it hits it, its markers mm. um, really really well. And I, I I quite like that about it. The fact that it's I've I might be misremembering, but when you had water, a big water base scene. I was going, have we had a Star Wars water-based scene? This feels new. <laughs> yeah, but it was it was a really cool backdrop to what you were getting mm. for that. And it, it, it worked really well and it added a different level of kind of menace to it. It was it was really a, a very, very good looking movie. It's all about sync, of course. Yes. Yes, all about do sync. Yeah. I agree. Um, I I think there were two sort of really um standout visuals for me um there's a scene where all the the, the rebel ships arrive um and the, the screen is just absolutely littered with with ships of all all sorts that that for me was a standout and then the second where where ray's on her back and she's looking up through the um the hole that palpatine's created in in his sort of lair um and she's she's looking it up up at him firing his force lightning into all of those ships um, so yeah, I think I think there were a couple of really sort of standout uh, moments in terms of the look of the film. So you know that that the scene where all of the the, the, the rebel ships arrive. Um, I'm guessing, and I might be guessing completely fucking way off the mark, but if you freeze frame that, um, you'd be able to pick out and go, oh, that's a ship from Blau, and that's a ship from Blau, and th- those would make sense to a, a lot of those might make sense to people. Uh, in terms of they're from different portions of different bits of Star Wars 
you, you, yes. you're you're exactly spot on. In fact, there, there was a this if you imagine that scene where you saw absolutely all of the ships mm. and then they sort of homed in on a small section of them that small section was in the trailer and people have done exactly that they've sort of taken the 60 ships in that small section and pretty much everyone is from either um sort of the cartoons um previous films uh descriptions of ships in books computer games um you know card games so yeah i i'm pretty sure there will be people who will be looking forward to getting this this um this film on on 4k blu-ray and um you know zooming in and identifying absolutely everything that will be um a, a nerd's delight let's say yeah and, and you see that that there is is the brilliant little little things about um fandom the, the fact that, that that somebody is getting that and having that image and being able to go and then been able to go back and go back and that is what will make people i said this to, to you about the movies don't make a billion dollars people go to see them once they make a billion dollars because people go to see them two three times mm. um and if people are going back because they want to pick out bits of that and and getting that enjoyment out of it, that persistent enjoyment and that different level of just something like what I got, which was just a pure enjoyment of a, of a great space opera. That is, that's where fandom works. That's where, um, that's the good side. side. That's the, um, where people are criticizing uh, Abrams for, for instance, for, 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 um, for playing to the crowd and for doing fan service. It's like, well, no, people become fans of stuff. So you, you should give them an element of fan service. Yes, you shouldn't pander to them or, or etc. And I saw a, a an amusing uh, meme of a of the the, the the stars and the thing that, that have the end credits for Star Wars and it said directed by Reddit, which made me chuckle. <laughs> But it was a, a, a chuckle thing to it. Of, of, that's, that's quite amusing. But I think there's an element of, not fan service, but there's an element of you've got to, you have to give a satisfying conclusion. Because like you said, Ian, there, it is, you've got 42 years worth of, well, these trilo- this trilogy, and then this trilogy, and then this trilogy. You know, it's been a... a big part of um of, of people's lives mm. and, and to to then take that away it, 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 it's not what these things are about the reason why we have these three star wars movies and the reason why we have a star wars fucking land that people are going to go to, the reason why people the reason why disney fucking plus exists <laughs> and things like this is because people got invested in this, because people uh, like yourself, Steve, have a genuine fucking look and it means something to them, mm. is the reason why we have these things. To not want to satisfy those people is where you would go fucking wrong. If you don't have an element of fan service for these things, then you you don't have fans. You're doing the wrong fucking thing. Yeah. So to criticise a studio for fan service is a bit like, well, why fucking make it in the first place then if you're mm. not trying to service fans? That is what the this is about. Yeah. And it shouldn't be criticised um, to that level. I, I, it's, yeah, appeasing fans by 
appeased by um, appeasing the dickhead fans. Fine, but I genuinely don't think Disney, and especially JJ, aren't doing that here. He is a good, safe pair of hands who has had to juggle an awful lot, and I do think he's not wanted to to essentially go around to Rian Johnson's house and take a big steaming shit on his lawn, point at it, and then flip him off and go off and make the next fucking movie. He's wanted to look at it and go, right, I need to change these bits, but I also don't want to throw everything out. No, and there were some really important bits that he sort of carried through. So Johnson introduced the idea of um, forced FaceTime and Abrams sort of carries that on and develops it even further where sort of physical objects can be moved through. They don't just, you know, have, have a have a conversation. Um, so, yeah, he, he took some key ideas and, and, and sort of dragged them across into his. Um, at the same time, he, he has addressed some of the things that, that that people felt quite strongly about so the, the 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 idea of the first one of the first things in uh johnson's johnson's last jedi is luke throwing the saber away and in in this one um ray goes to do that and it's luke who who sort of stops her throwing the saber away and saying that's not how you treat a jedi's weapon um so you know there's elements of him both respecting what what johnson's done and taking the bits he he felt needed taking forward but also saying uh, no i disagree with that and i think a lot of the fans disagreed with that and and i'm going to try and correct that absolutely yeah um it it, it just feels like it's it, it's been really well handled as soon as abrams came back on board mm. yeah yeah I'm uh, I'm particularly up for Poe Dameron's looking at um, Kerry Russell. Like, do you want to, you know, shall we, I don't know, going no and then him going, yeah, all right, then fair enough. Yeah. <laughs> there, there, there was some nice physical acting like that. So that, that was yeah. all done without words. And then yeah. if, if you think when um, sort of Kylo arrived at Palpatine's base and he was encircled by the, the Knights of Ren, um, he, he sort of gave a little bit of a shrug as if to say, right, we're going to do this, lads. Yeah. And it, again, nothing was said, but it was just some nice physical acting. I, and then I liked his... The, yeah. Yeah, when, when he got the sabre, he kind of looks up at them and, and, and they almost all go, shit. Yeah, yeah. And like when he um, kind of like goes down at one point and he just takes a breath, he just goes... And then goes back at it. Like... Yeah. And, Driver's a really good actor, though, isn't he? he he's fucking, he's very, very good in all of these, all of them. Mm. Wasn't keen for the fact that they killed him off. No, you weren't keen on that. Whereas yeah. I, 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 I think they kind of had to. Right. You see, I, 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 I wouldn't perceive that as him being killed. I perceive that as him giving up his own life. Yeah, no, I know, I appreciate that. But you just like Adam Driver. I like Adam Driver, and I want to see him in more but, of them. To be fair, Adam Driver, with the best will in the world, will never be in a Star Wars film ever again. No. Like, it's like, 
it doesn't necessarily no. it, it doesn't feel like this has necessarily been a passion thing for him but he has put his all into it but now he's done with it he's maybe gonna win best actor this year for marriage story and he's on the up and up and i don't think he's gonna say oh fucking star wars that was a fucking whatever i don't think he'll do that but i you know could he come back as a as a as force ghost or something like sure but i don't think adam driver the actor in his state of his career will go yes i will sign a multi-picture deal no never I, again I, I, there's not a chance driver, yeah adam driver now will literally just make things that he finds interesting now I know, yeah. and, I, and i appreciate all that i do i get it but he's like redemption arc and stuff like that she didn't want him to die but I, I get it i mean that guy picks his fucking movies yeah, he does, he? hey i watched marriage story last week and wow that that is a film i mean I, i'm a big Baumbach fan but that film was uh, was quality I'd, I'd be right right behind the best actor nom for that that's uh that's uh between christmas and new year one for me yeah same here yeah yeah neither of you have seen it no no yeah it it just i want to give it the entire runtime and i've literally not been in a position unless i'm in the cinema to guarantee i can watch a film from start to end at uh, like for the last couple of weeks i'm I'm, I'm really interested to hear what you both think then but for, for me it's a um set aside some quality time um to watch that definitely Adam Driver has been acting in films for um, eight years. Yeah. Right? He has worked with <laughs> Noel Baumbach, Steven Spielberg, the Coen Brothers, J.J. Abrams, Jeff Nichols, Jim Jamush, Martin Scorsese, Rian Johnson, Spike Lee, and Terry Gilliam so far. It's too bad the Dead Don't Die was in there. It's Shut the fuck up. <laughs> <laughs> Does he work with Soderbergh as well? He has worked with Soderbergh, yeah, on Logan Lucky. Yeah. That's right. Yeah. And yeah. he was he was quality in that as well. Yeah, he was really, actually, yeah. It's just, it's, it's, it's fucking hell. I really want to watch Monkey Eye. It's going to be very interesting now to see where he goes. So I, I'm guessing we are all definitely not shit on Star Wars. Yeah. 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 Yeah, it's yeah, so definitely not shit for me. Uh, how many more times have you got to see it, Steve? Um, I've seen it three times. Um, I, I, I think the maximum will be five. Um, I've got a New Year's Day showing penciled in with uh, the niece and the nephew. Um, and there may be something in between now and, and, and then. There may be a, a fourth viewing in between now and then. Um, I saw Force Awakens uh, and Last Jedi five times. So, yeah, prob- probably that. Um, like that that will just be the start of it, you know, once we get the, the video at home. That's um, great. Yeah. That's, yeah, that's, that's really cool. Um, yeah, so def- yeah, our audience poll was definitely not shit, 63%. Touching cost, 19%. And shit, 19%. Some miserable bastard there, isn't there? Isn't there? Yeah. Um, I love a family space romp at Christmas. Who doesn't? <laughs> um, I, I think in the Star Wars fandom, I, I think at the moment, from from what I'm sort of judging, there's there's about seventy thirty percent split in terms of seventy percent are saying yes and thirty percent are saying no. Yeah, it does. From what I've seen from the outside looking in, it does seem to be 
more popular. It seems to be a lot of people have since really enjoyed it. And like I say, the the hardcore Star Wars fans that I that I know all seem to really sort of get something out of it, which is is really fucking cool. That's that's what you want with these type of things. Is you want the the people who, who it means the most to to get the most out of it. Mm. I think I'd, I'd definitely say that. Yeah. Um. Uh, we. I mean, what we're gonna do with the show is we're basically just take it as those two big reviews. Uh, partially because um, we've been chatting shit we've, been, you for we've, ages. we've been chatting at you for, for for a good two hours. Um, and I got to ask questions. Uh, and we've only watched Diad and Diad Two, uh, I think. Um, <laughs> and we've talked about Diad a lot. And Diad Two is just Die Hard, but not quite as good as Die Hard. Um, yeah. Uh, so yeah, uh, what are we covering next week, Ian? Well, um, the Boxing Day releases are Little Women, Spies in Disguise, and Playing with Fire. Um, I've got a feeling we might end up just doing Spice in Disguise and playing with fire and not reviewing Little Women, but... Um, There's a possibility that could happen, yeah. So uh, yeah, which is horrible. Or possibly three of those. Yeah, well, um, I think it depends on when we record it, because Sunday, I th- are we doing the Decade show? I think what, we what's, yeah. So this is the thing. We're going to do the best of the decade show, which in my mind's eye, bit of a production meeting right now. So, Bex, I take it you're not doing the whole top 100, or are you? Uh, You're doing the top 10, aren't you? Okay, so what I'm thinking is if we do... I want I want to be strict and go. Say the top the, the hundred to twenty six. Mark, if we literally just rattle off the films. Yeah, speed round quick. This is why. Yeah. Yeah, like really quick. Yeah, like literally less than thirty seconds on each. Yes. Yes. And then twenty. Yeah, exactly. And then twenty five to eleven. Maybe go a little bit deeper, just a smidge deeper. Yeah. Because essentially, if the patron only bit were like an hour and a half, and then the top 10 was an hour and a half, or like, or, or like an hour, two hours, or something like that, I'm thinking basically for patrons, a three hour show. For non-patrons, however long the top ten is, yeah. And then the week after that, so if we're looking towards like New Year's Day, we've got Jojo Rabbit. So I'll watch Jojo Rabbit by then. We've got The Gentleman. Yeah. And then if we were to catch up on like Little Women, Spies in Disguise, Playing with Fire, whatever we want to do. So essentially, we've got almost two weeks. To actually get Little Women, Spies in Disguise, playing with fire in, and the gentleman in. I'm good with that. Does that sound doable for, like, four films over two weeks? Absolutely. At the cinema. That sounds doable to me as well. So, that okay, so we're going to do the the Decade show, uh, which will be out for patrons before New Year will be out for regular feed around new year 
And then the first regular show of 2020 will be the gentleman, Jojo rabbit, little women playing with fire spies in disguise. But then like probably nothing else basically is what I'm thinking. Yeah. And then we'll like do some like proper catch up and resume the patron stuff in January. Yeah, I'm good with all that. Yeah? Yeah. Steve, as a patron, how does that sound? (laughs) Do you know, you've you've really embarrassed me now, because I don't think I I am any longer. I was, and I just just haven't got around. Oh, fuck, I'm sorry. I haven't got around to renewing. Um, So, yeah, thanks, Ian. (laughs) (laughs) I I will do. I will correct that. How would that sound? The minute the minute I hang up, I, I will. I will no, correct. no, I've been meaning no. to. I promise. No. <laughs> I'm so sorry, Steve. I'm trying to remember to edit that out. I'm sorry. No, that that's fine. I'm I'm just going to turn into a pigeon now. Um. <laughs> On that note. <laughs> <laughs> um, Thank you much for joining us, Steve. No, 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 no. It's Steve's defence. Steve comes on whenever we ask him to come on, and Steve is more than welcome to come on at any fucking time he wants to. It doesn't have to be bloody Star Wars. Like, Steve was on for Avengers Endgame. No, no. No, it wasn't. No, it was the technical difficulties. Steve has tried to be on for something other than Star Wars, and he will be on for something other than Star Wars. And do you know what? Nah. Fuck it. Fuck it. Steve doesn't have to Patreon because he helps us with the show. So, bollocks I like, to I it. like to think of myself as an honorary bastard. Yeah, Dave, like bastard. Fucking, fucking right you are, Steve. And I'm sorry I put you in that position because you shouldn't have to pay because you do good work for us. Yeah, you do I'm, good work for us. I'm, I'm better looking than Noel Meller as well. <laughs> oh, shit. <laughs> I'm not entirely sure about that. <laughs> well, we, do, we very much uh, appreciate you coming on. Uh, I say it like Ian says, it doesn't have to be Star Wars that you come on for, but I do appreciate the Star Wars chat because it literally, anytime I'm watching a Star Wars movie and I go, I wonder if that's this, my brain goes, oh, I'll Steve that. <laughs> it's fascinating. It is great, yeah. Um, so thank you very much. Uh, Merry Christmas. Um, Merry Christmas. Always, uh, always a pleasure. Merry Christmas to you and yours. Uh, thank you very much, everyone, for listening. Uh, Merry Christmas, Ian. Uh, I'm sure I'll speak to you before Christmas, but I'm going to say it on the show. So, you know. Merry Christmas, everyone. Well, Merry Christmas, patrons. To those not on the Patreon feed, you're getting this after Christmas. So, yeah. so you I don't know. Happy New Year, you fucking cheapskates. Yeah, give us your fucking money. Yes, Steve. <laughs> <coughs> Excuse me. <laughs> thank you very much for listening, guys. Uh, we shall see you next week. Bye, everyone. The greatest magicians have something to learn from Mr. Mistopheles' conjuring turn. And we all say, oh, well, I never was there ever. I can't so clever as magical Mr. Mistopheles. I'm quiet and small, I am black From my ears to the tip of my tail 
I can creep through the tiniest crack. I can walk on the narrowest rail. I can pick any card from a pack. I am equally cunning with dice. I am always deceiving you into believing that you're only hunting for mice. I can play any trick with a cork or a spoon and a bit of fish paste. If you look for a knife or a fork and you think it is merely misplaced, you have seen it one moment and then it is gone. But you find it next week lying out on the lawn. And we all say, Oh, well, I never was there ever. A cat so clever as magical Mr. Mistopheles. My manner is fake and aloof. You would think there was nobody shyer. But my voice has been heard on the roof when I was curled up by the fire. And I've sometimes been heard by the fire when I was about on the roof. At least they all heard that somebody purred, which is incontestable proof of my singular magical powers. And I've known the family to call me in from the garden for hours when I was asleep in the hall. And not long ago, this phenomenal cat produced seven kittens right out of a hat. Oh. And they all say, Oh, well, I never was there ever. A cat so clever as magical
podcast is part of the Pod Syndicate family. For more criminally compelling shows, articles, and conversations, head to wearepodsyndicate.com.